am beyond, beyond, beyond excited to get into today's episode with you. My name is Nadia Felsch. I'm an anti-diet nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor. And in this podcast, we explore the practical aspects of leaving the diet mentality behind and finding your own food and body freedom. So this episode is going to be exploring a very crucial question, one that comes up a lot for both clients I work with initially, kind of at the outset, but also along their journey, because the journey of intuitive eating is up and down. And so that crucial question is, if not dieting, then what? And really, we could say, if not weight loss, then what? Or if not micromanaging food and body, then what? Before diving into then what? It is really paramount that we cover why this feels like such a pull in the first place. Why does it possibly feel like our only option to feel okay? So one of the most common things I see in that up and down journey is a really natural, some might call it a backslide. Some might call it feeling like they're going backwards. And what I specifically mean is they feel tempted or potentially they they download an app or they get their scale out, or they think about counting calories. Essentially, they feel like they're going back to dieting. And this can be for a whole host of reasons. It can be because they think, well, this isn't going to work for me. They can feel generally unhappy in their body, and they might have a lot going on in their life. And that is, I guess, a really big giveaway to me, and potentially now a little bit to you, about the fact that Dieting is a fix, quote unquote. It's something that we learn from a very young age to use to feel better. And I would like to kind of offer in this episode that every time we feel compelled to micromanage what we eat and therefore micromanage our bodies, we are trying to feel okay because we don't feel okay. And when we view dieting efforts from this kind of lens, what we are saying is uh, that dieting is a response to not being okay. It's a trauma response is ways that I've I've learned about and, and seen it talked about in that we aren't able to feel enough okayness. Some of my clients know how I, I use that term. There isn't enough okayness for us in our body, in our life. And we've learned a way to try to cope with that. At the very least, it's a distraction. And then think of some of the things that come often with dieting. Potentially, there is weight loss. And what comes with weight loss is a lot of praise, mostly. Another reason why it's so important to never praise, and and in fact, just to not talk about bodies in general, but to not praise weight loss because we don't know what is going on for somebody. And so with that praise can come a false sense of okayness. It might actually be safety for some people, like actual safety in their body, less discrimination, less looks from people, more comfort physically in the world. So I really want to start this episode by saying that dieting in itself is a way for us to try and have our needs met And by that lens and the way that I work is that every eating behavior has a function. So if I'm working with someone who identifies as a binge eater or an emotional eater, there's a reason for that. And it's my job to help them uncover what is going on because the eating behavior is a symptom of something much deeper. 
So for instance, recently a client who's been feeling like their life is really overwhelming, extra, especially overwhelming, talked about how they had downloaded some dieting apps and that 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 for a moment gave them a sense of false control because that's what they'd done countless times in their life. And in that moment, it's hard to see it's never given them what they want because they at the core don't feel like there are many other options or any other options. And that's actually important to discuss from a trauma perspective in that, as I've talked about on the pod before, we never consented to being born into diet culture. We never were really given any other options pending, you know, our particular life and and experience at home. So if we are feeling stuck it makes sense that we are going to explore the thing that we know, even if it's never helped us. In that moment, that rationale is meaningless. We need something to feel better. So for instance, recently I had a spell of vertigo and dizziness, and I could really acknowledge how I wasn't feeling great in my body or about my body. Now, body image is processed in nine different parts of our brain. And it's compounded by all of the things going on around us. So it makes sense when I'm not physically feeling great and I can't do the things I usually would do in life that help me to feel good or at least connected to my body. I couldn't do those things. So that's going to be another layer compounded to how I'm feeling. And what I mean to say here is that diet culture has taught us to focus on the body as the problem and the behaviors that we are doing or not doing as the problem. When in fact, I had no choice in how I was feeling. And even if I did, still goes, still same goes as to what I'm about to say, my body needed care. And unfortunately, with the choices that we've been given of how to relate to our body, that can be hard to see. It can be hard to experience and acknowledge because we've been taught to see the body as a problem to fix. So in the moment of actually feeling unwell and choosing things like, as I was, chips and iced tea and banana bread to feel better, That could be deemed as, see, that's why you feel so terrible in your body. When in fact, two things can be true at the same time. I could be feeling poorly as I was, and I can feel not great in my body and still deserve the care. And this is one of the key issues when it comes to dieting as a fix is that it never lasts. It never gives us what we want, which might be peace and trust with our body, ease with food choices, feeling good physically, emotionally, all of those things. Dieting is false hope. And at the same time, we have those little voices that say, well, maybe this won't work for me. And maybe decades of weight science are untrue because how can all these companies be saying that weight loss is important? Or how can my doctor be saying it's important that I lose weight? There are so many things, again, chronic stresses perceived by the nervous system and by the brain as as trauma, potentially. I would say dieting is its own trauma. And so we have a very natural response depending on our life experience. And that's generally going to be some form of dieting to try to alleviate how we feel. To come back to my story about vertigo, what I needed was time to rest and to heal, time to be more myself. And then all of that was okay whilst I was feeling poorly about myself. But all I've ever been shown is that I need to focus on the latter bit. I need to try and fix that. And I can see how for a lot of people and maybe me in the past, that would have sparked some dangerous behaviors, some disordered behaviors. 
I remember a client telling me that when she had had COVID a few months ago, if that had happened to her when she was deep in dieting mentality, she would have been on the treadmill. She would have been terrified to gain weight. Now, we can never say that that's about health and well-being because it's not. It's a fear of gaining weight because a fear of gaining weight might be rooted in not being okay in the world. And yes, that is fat phobic, but that fat phobia may have kept someone safe. Because if we are to say, hey, my body doesn't conform to standards of beauty, that might mean that I have to have some difficult feelings. That might mean that possibly someone rejects me or I'm not as beautiful as I think, that I might need to reevaluate my whole value system. And that's hard. That's big stuff. And I would offer that that is where most people end up in this work. They might start out looking at their food behaviors. They start to feel more enmeshed and connected, which is, well, what if dieting, then what is that? Is feeling more trusting, more connecting, more in their body. And from there, they might begin a deeper journey, a journey into how they've come to see their body, how they've learned to relate to their body, all of the enforced ideas that they never consented to, and to start to really ascertain what what are their values. And so that's where this work, if not dieting, then what becomes about you and what you want. And I know that we've been told our whole lives that it is important to be thin, that that means certain things about us. And I know that we've wrapped that up, particularly in my profession as health. It's not. Thin people are healthy, fat people are healthy. It's not the it's not the designating factor of health, if that's something that you're interested in. What is health anyway? That's a whole other episode. When it comes to being confident and loved and belonging, that's not about our bodies. It never has been. But again, if we've only ever been shown one option and maybe the world around us immediately and kind of in a bigger sense has shown us that, put that back to us as a mirror. We've not had the resources or opportunity to to explore. And maybe this podcast is the first time you've ever thought about it in this way. So then what is actually a whole heap of options, options that quite possibly you didn't know were even options because they have always felt contingent on, say, when you lose weight or when you so-called get it together and figure this whole thing out. Or as one of my clients has shared, when they have the TV version of their dietary pattern and of their body, that then they're available to look at how they live and what options are available to them because now they've got the body that they're meant to have. Now they're doing all the things that diet culture informed by fat phobia has taught us to prioritize. I'd offer that those options include a neutral and peaceful relationship to food. One where food is offering you all of the varying purposes and states. So nourishment, joy, pleasure, and connection. And also where you begin using your body as the vessel that it is to live your life on your terms, the way that you want, taking up space. So your body actually begins to feel like home, just like you deserve, just like it was intended. Not a temporary body, not a problem body to fix, And just like food, neither food or body is now the enemy. Time after time, I have the privilege of witnessing with just such humility and gratitude what is is possible, what happens to people who maybe are feeling just like you are right now initially, thinking that surely this is not possible. Surely I have to just get this shit together and my body needs to get fixed first. And being 
pleasantly surprised, life-transformingly surprised that actually that was never required in the first place. And that whilst everything was understandable that they did to get to that point as a, as a trauma response, essentially, as, I, as I've talked about, that those options are just not as limited as they'd always been led to believe. And I really want to invite you as a kind of summary here is that everything you've done in your body to try to change your body is so valid and so understandable and has very likely been to be okay. It may not be a value that you really hold, but you may not have had the space, the resources, the capacity to even begin exploring what that means to you. This is at the core of what I do with every single human that I work with. Because it isn't as simple as, oh, I just need to stop dieting or I just need to pretend I don't want to lose weight. We want to lose weight for a very good reason. At the end of July, I'm actually going to be running a never before run masterclass and also support call. So an opportunity for you to learn a powerful framework to better understand your fear possibly of gaining weight or of your body changing through this process of intuitive eating, what it is to let that go, what that really looks like, and to really concretely understand your options moving forward. This support call and masterclass is also going to, it's going to be a very small intimate group. So seats are very limited and it's also an opportunity for you to receive live hot seat coaching. So if you want to learn more about that, head to the link in your podcast player for this episode or straight to my website, which is nadiafelsch.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Please take care of you and those around you. See you next time. 